Awesome. Today on the podcast, we've got Lucas Aaron from Range of Strength. How's it going, man? That's going great, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I think you've got a lot of awesome knowledge you'll be able to share with the listeners. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Cool. So if like for those of the listeners who perhaps don't know who you are, what you do, can you give us a little bit of your backstory of, of where you've sort of been and what's led you up to doing what you do today? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I've been a personal trainer and a strength coach since 2005. So it's been a little while now, almost two decades. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the start of my journey, probably at least half of that journey was spent, um, I guess, what I would probably call like on the traditional side of being a strength coach or personal trainer and, and applying those traditional philosophies of big three lifts, accessory, mobility, kind of training. And um, within that, I, I got heavily into uh, powerlifting as a sport competed uh, at a national level um and you know i had a setback <laughs> i had an injury i i ruptured my bicep it was in a competition and uh yeah i think it was right time right place for that to happen because i found myself in a situation where i wasn't um happy with my current abilities to move um, and do things that I wanted to do when you get really hard into a sport like that you really become really good at doing three things <laughs> and it doesn't really apply to everyday life and yeah. um, so I found myself in a situation where I wanted to change that I wanted to move better and you know got a family and kids and stuff and and for the people that I worked with I wanted to you know be more of what I was telling them they needed to be. <laughs> so uh, it really, at that point, that's when things took a turn for trying to figure out how to become a better mover and, and become more capable with my body. And that led to me getting um, really deep into uh, flexibility training and figuring out how to improve my flexibility, realizing that that's what I had to change first. And that what I was doing was basically piling strength on top of poor movement over and over and over again and just not getting anywhere with it so it really came down to that that was the turning point where i was like okay i gotta ditch old faithful and i have to go down some uh weird rabbit holes that i don't know what i'll see on the other side kind of thing <laughs> and that's where we are today range of strength is a culmination of all that that journey and um you know, still defines me as a strength coach. I still, that is still a big part of how I do things. I still think strength training is a primary component of what I do and what I think other others should learn to do and, and do well. And uh, on top of that, it's hard, like a little more on the flexibility focus side. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that like, that's probably worth sharing with the listeners too. Like if they went and looked at your Instagram page now, like you are, like super flexible man you can do some pretty awesome things that the average person can't do for sure but it hasn't always been that way right like it's easy to sort of look at someone and think oh he's just he's a flex he's a flexible dude yeah. he's, he's been like yeah. that from the get-go but like it wasn't too many years ago when that wasn't the case for you yeah and i think 
my journey started the same way. It starts with a lot of people that I talk to or, you know, get into those discussions of like what you have been doing that's not working. And, you know, I started going to yoga, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, okay, that's those people that do that are flexible. I'll start there. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of ended up being more of like sitting in a mat sweating because I couldn't do half of the stuff that was there. Right. So, um, wasn't the solution. Yoga is definitely something I've gotten back into though. That was kind of almost the motivation too. When you get into, uh, being exposed to something like that, you're like, man, I can't even do yoga. Well, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, the motivation was like, okay, well, if I can get better flexibility, I can actually come back to a yoga practice and, and actually do something with it. Um, but yeah, I had to go deeper and I had to search for, you know, people that have had that same experience and had those journeys. And I started getting into other disciplines that do showcase flexibility for the purpose of the discipline, like gymnastics, um, circus, circus arts. There's a circus school here locally. Yeah. I was doing classes there. I remember just getting smashed though. Like I still, I learned a lot, but their approach wasn't, um, I guess as beginner entry level, it was kind of, yeah. you know, just kind of smashing people and, you know, trying to get into those ranges. But, um, yeah, like through all that, it was, I think a combination of also taking what I had already known and practiced in strength training and performance training and putting some of those pieces together to say like, okay, well, this would probably be a better approach to trying to get flexible, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Cause you're right. Like, like the circus thing as an example, most people that do something like circus start off doing it as a kid. So they're, or, or when they're a lot younger anyway, so they're already like, they've still got that flexibility, natural yeah. flexibility. Whereas when you get to 30 or 40 and, and you're stiff as a board, it's a different journey to get someone to being flexible and mobile than it is to, to someone that's already there, right? Yeah, for sure. And you turn, and a lot of us turn to those people that are already flexible. And that's the thing is like, mm. they don't remember how they got flexible. <laughs> yeah. I was just always, so then it's like, that's actually, I've been working with, a lot of other instructors and coaches this year that have that flexibility, but want to learn how to teach it to people that don't have it because they're like, well, I just have always had it. Yoga instructors, you know, it's like, I need to know how to help someone who doesn't have it yet. Yeah. So I think that's a definitely a big uh, problem to solve as well too, is even for those people that, you know, kind of grow up with it and then they're like, well, how do I actually help someone who doesn't have it? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. That That's, it's, I guess, and that, and that's what's awesome about what you do is is uncovering that path for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what did like you kind of touched on it before that you like your training before was like the three big lifts, some accessory work, then maybe a pinch of mobility at the end. Mm -hmm. What what did your mobility training look like, or in inverted commas, what did your mobility training look like back then when you were powerlifting? I was like. You see, I see it all the time now, like on social media and stuff. It's just like the the basic drills that you just like you do and, you know, they kind of look like rehab, prehab kind of stuff that, you know, it does help. I would say it doesn't necessarily change things like you could activate your hips and, you know, get the shoulders more limber or 
switched on, but it's like, I was doing all that stuff. I was wrapping bands all over my arms and hips and hands, you know, like doing all these weird tweaks and things, but there was never any measurability to it. Like, okay, this is where I'm at. And like, where do I need to go to get better at this? And that's what, like, I really found and what I try to like teach as well with range of strength is like, we need to measure where we need to go and like set certain obtainable targets because it's like two sides of the coin is like you're either at ground zero with no flexibility or you got the splits and then people only see those two things it's like well i'll start training for splits then to get flexible it's like well there's a more optimal starting point you can definitely train for splits at a lower level but you know it's just trying to identify those measurable targets and i think that's where what like really will set you up for success and trying to actually improve your flexibility is like knowing what you need to shoot for you know like what positions you want to learn to get good at and be in and learning how to stretch like that's a big one like i that was the main thing was like actually learning how to stretch like i had never stretched before <laughs> that's like the big wake-up call like getting into those first couple of uh I, what really woke me up was i started doing the gymnastic bodies flexibility workouts and they were just like workouts um, but it was the first time I did like a focus 30, 40 minutes of like stretching. So I was like, well, this is different. Um, and that was like, yeah, that was the wake up call or two where I was like, well, I've actually never stretched before if this is what flexibility training should look like. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, there's a, definitely a component that I think when you start that journey, you need to realize you actually have to learn how to stretch. You don't just stretch. You actually have to learn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Let, let's dig into that a little bit because I think you, you're 100% right there. It's, um, and that's something I work on with my clients is just allowing their body to to move into that stretch and, and get the yeah. benefit. Like you see so many people doing a stretch, like maybe just the, the traditional runner stretch, pulling that foot up behind the bum and they're like uh, grimacing and they'll hold it for like 20 <laughs> seconds and they're done and they think that that's that, it. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> they've done their stretching. So we're let's maybe dig into that a little bit and how you, I guess, structure your, your stretching. Cause it's, there's certainly a place for the static stretching for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, like, if we're looking to make change, like if someone wants to make change at like a cellular level and, and change the dynamic of their tissue at the end range, that's where it needs to start. You can't just force yourself into those end ranges. Like it has to start, with that exposure to learning how to be there and learning how to create contractions and isometrics and, and things like that. But yeah, like step one, man, honestly, I've just gotten more in the habit of just teaching people to be in a stretch. Like, and when I, when I say be in a stretch, it's like sit in the stretch, think about what you're feeling and don't, don't move. Like don't fidget don't force it. Cause that's the other thing too, is everyone tries to force the stretch. They're always forcing to go deeper, forcing. It's like, no, just sit where it's slightly uncomfortable and be there and don't move. Like stare at a spot on the wall and try not moving because it's the first thing you do, right? You get into the stretch and it's like, I mean, you've probably coached people now where you see that they're just moving. They're trying to move away from it. They're trying like to figure out how to navigate it, but it's actually just a matter of being, just be there hold the stretch and then i think it's more so that when you can teach someone to be in a stretch 
and understand that like meditative approach to it, then you can start introducing the methods of contract, relax, and yeah. what needs to happen there. And then even at that stage, it shouldn't be complicated to, you know, doesn't have to be something that's like scientific literature. It's like, again, still about being in the stretch. There's only, you know, so many ways that you can be in the stretch and contract it, but just like learn to enjoy it and actually understand it. And that's, I think the, the starting point for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I would agree. It is, like you say, it almost is like a meditative thing, like you're that you're trying to overcome that, like for want of a better term, that pain. Like if you're super tight and you go into a, a static stretch, there is like you're trying to overcome that that point where it is almost painful. So yeah. it is almost like a, a meditation of sorts to to let the nervous system relax in that range. Yeah, for sure. And learning how to like set it up so that it isn't doesn't feel like it's as restricted either. So like knowing how to actually manipulate a stretch so that you can be in a stretch for a longer period of time. And then even within that, like expose yourself to the next and even stretching. I actually start to teach the same way we teach strength training. So static stretching, let's expose ourselves to a harder range and then drop set back to the, the lighter range where it's, you know, and then you can start actually creating similar adaptations as you would in strength training. So it's unique in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say like someone that is like super tight and hasn't perhaps worked on their mobility or at all, or is sort of kind of starting their journey, do you think that the static more sort of volume of the static stretching is going to be beneficial for them in that instance? Yeah, absolutely. And they can have a combination of um, the two, but it's, the, it's about the priority of the workout. Right. So it's like you would with, um, you know, like off-road, training you're going to prioritize different things in the workout based on what that person is working on or what they're working towards yeah so even if your session and my session have a lot of similar exercises your session is just more prioritized on being in the stretch um creating that change within the stretch itself first before we start loading up um these end ranges aggressively and you know putting ourselves in this um, different kind of stimulus so it's just a matter of how you prioritize the workout. Yeah, 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 for sure. So that that's like you kind of touched on it there, and and like that's obviously what your the the name of your method or system is the range of strength. So maybe we should just touch on what, or I guess how that how we want to progress. Like obviously the static stretching is it is almost a form of 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 light strength work at the beginning for someone who is super tight mm-hmm. but like you said they there needs to be progressions in line there and and to actually i guess get the the full benefit or actually increase our range of mo- motion we need to actually i guess allow the nervous system to feel safe through those mm-hmm. ranges of motion so there's going to come a point where we take it from a static stretch to through moving through a range of motion and like you say moving more towards those end ranges mm-hmm. through load yeah yeah and that you want to think about you know using the static stretch to expose yourself to these end ranges that have been dormant haven't been used some people don't even think they will ever be used (laughs) it's like i've just never been able to use that but you, you start at that point where you can expose someone to it allow them to be there allow them to establish connections in their body they haven't established before 
the mind muscle connections, I can actually contract in this range, which means I can actually lay down tissue. And then we start using loaded stretching, loaded range to start moving our bodies outside of our normal operating, like day to day range to this new training range with weight. So now it's like, we're getting to a point where we're using that weight to assist us at first to get into those positions. And then we're using it to strengthen it. So we, we want to condition the stretch reflex first before we get into loading it up and forcing it. It's the same thing. Don't force the stretch. Don't force the loaded stretch either. Right. So it's like they're, it's the same um, concept as you move through the, the journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, something you touched on there. Like people haven't used these ranges for a long time. So mm. it's like the nervous system are kind of there to protect us, right? Like if yeah. if you move into a range that you haven't moved into for 10 years or, or since you're a kid even, it, there's uh, most commonly going to be two things, either going to be pain or tightness. And yeah. if you avoid that range simply because it's painful or tight, then it's never, ever going to improve. But yeah. the, I guess the idea is that we... I guess systematically and progressively move into that range with a little bit of progressive load. So the nervous system all of a sudden begins to think, okay, this is actually okay. I can be I'll, here. Yeah. Yeah. I can allow the body to move into that range again. Yeah. And change starts to occur. Yeah. And we can, you know, think about what's, what is nice about the journey is that you can get to a stage where you don't have to focus as much on the stretching. Right. And that's where we want to be. We, we want to be to that point where, you know, we can take one movement and that movement encompasses the three or four stretches or exercises we were doing prior to that. And you kind of hit everything and it kind of keeps that, that capacity there to the extent that you need it. Like not everyone needs to do the splits, but, I would argue that everyone needs the outer range uh, groin strength that no one trains and everyone's always smashing because they don't train that. So yeah, like maybe having a, a standard on the horse riding stance exercise as a smart choice for anyone that just wants to keep their groin and hips healthy in that position. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, man. Like it's, it's probably worth touching on that topic too like it's a big thing in off-road but it, it just any sport any athletic sport or running around with your kids on the back lawn like if you've got more yeah. range of motion you're more protected right like if your hip flex or adductors are that tight you can only get that far out from the width of your hips like you're yeah. at a much higher risk of even doing a knee tearing your groin all those sorts of things so yeah by improving our range of motion we're like we're making ourselves far more bulletproof. Yeah. Improving the range of motion and then having strength there. Right. Yeah, so it's, for sure. you know, it's uh, that thought process. I think it's still there. You still see it on social media. Sometimes uh, the thought process that like, well, you don't, you don't uh, as an athlete or whatever your discipline is, you don't go beyond 90 degrees. So we don't need to go there. It's like, mm. yeah, but what happens when you go there? like yeah that's when injury happens right like 100%. okay just because me isn't you know always moving inward should i be able to rotate my hips inward in case that happens yeah for sure so yeah. it's like you know it just makes sense like the, the ability to adapt and change to unknowing stimulus like 
if you're putting yourself like life itself puts you in that environment you won't go out to get groceries you don't know if you're going to slip and fall or whatever right like if you have more capacity at your ankle to invert and evert and you know have those different mechanisms of strength and flexibility then yeah you're less at risk and you still might get hurt but you're less at risk to get majorly hurt right and you have more options so it only makes sense like it's it's like one of those things you just when you think about it it's like yeah there's it just absolutely makes sense my body's meant to move here well it, it moves here and you're telling me it's not meant to move here but it moves here yeah. it wants to move there <laughs> it's like isn't that you know it's kind of like saying the world is flat no, it's not <laughs> i'll just walk around the world and prove to you it's not and that's i think that's kind of like the essence of range of strength is like to prove that's not true it's like and and i've gotten back hard this year in the barbell actually it's been like two years now and my barbell strength is coming back like i would argue it's stronger than it was because i'm you know strong in a way that i wasn't before like through more range of motion and that's a lot of the people i work with now will have that um you know it's on the back of your mind. It was on my mind too. I had to let go of it. It's like, I'm, I'm going to lose gains. I'm going to lose gains if I start doing too much flexibility. It's like, but what kind of gains are you losing? Yeah. <laughs> are you losing gains that are like going to give you more longevity or are you losing gains that will eventually just hurt you and set you back? Exactly. It's like, and when you put it that way, it's like, well, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lose gains that aren't good gains. It's like, oh, look those gains don't count yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it makes it easier to kind of let go of that stuff oh for sure man because you're right like it's a big narrative out there with with lots of coaches that you, you don't want to get too flexible because that's you, you're not going to be as strong you're not going to be as powerful but it's like yeah if you just did yoga like you said like if you just went and did yoga then yeah it's perhaps not the best way to go about it but if you couple that with like what you're talking about training the ranges of motion with load um and, and getting strong in those ranges then it's only going to mm-hmm. make you um more bulletproof and, and less susceptible yeah. to injury yeah for sure like if i can squat 400 pounds to 90 degrees and 375 pounds ass to grass well the 375 is a game that's where i want to be right? exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's right like unless you listen into this podcast and you are a competitive powerlifter like no one really needs to be doing that anyway. Like you're mm. far better off training with a little bit less load through a greater range of range of motion. If, if your goal yeah. is to be more injury proof and, and have better longevity. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I really think the, the barbell squat needs to come back. It needs to come back into the industry in a way where we present it like that. It's like, because a lot of people just don't feel like they can squat ass to grass. It's like, I just can't squat like that. Like, you can, you definitely can if you train your flexibility. Mm. And then if you are squatting, you know, through full range of motion with weight, like it's such a great movement. Like it's the best loaded stretch I think anyone can do. And yeah. uh, it just, you know, it, it's got that bad wrap on it where it's like sawed as a, like a, an ego lift in it, you know, that's because people treat it like that, but remove the ego train for range. And then all of these lifts are like, you know, ones that you want to be doing for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, I've experienced that 
so many times, man. Like I'm obviously nowhere near as flexible as you, but I've definitely worked on my mobility over the last sort of six years. And every time that I've, I guess, stopped chasing maximal strength, still trained it, but just put it on the back burner and improve my mobility. As soon as I go back to lifting heavy, like within two weeks, like maximal strength is straight up. It's, yeah. I can I can deadlift more. I can squat more. And all I've done is worked on my mobility more yeah. and I'm stronger. Yeah. It's funny how that happens, right? It's like you can get into better positions. So now your body's just stronger Yeah, because it can be in the positions it needs to be in to be mechanically advantage over the weight. So it's, yeah, it just makes sense. It's just letting go of like, why do you need to be so strong? Like, what do we need to be strong for? Just performance in life and management yeah. of doing things well. It's like, okay, well, improve your range and that's all you know yeah. you'll be strong you'll be a lot stronger 100 percent, yeah and that yeah. like you're like you're still squatting like double body weight after grass aren't you like you're yeah. like that's super strong it's not like it's yeah, not like you've sacri sacrificed any strength to be able to do the splits or anything like that yeah i think um that's probably a good marker of like strong enough you know like yeah you know Double body weight is, uh, you know, if you if you're pursuing something that's like credible in a way where it's like I'm moving through full range of motion and I have a good capacity of flexibility, like yeah, that's strong enough. Like I think as you start getting beyond that, it's like you're chasing one thing over the other, and sacrifices are gonna need to be made, as they are with you know any sport. You have to make sacrifices, getting into some kind of competitive nature of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Let's talk about like tendon versus muscular strength because that's another area. I guess like to be as an athlete, to be bulletproof, we don't just want to have super strong muscles. Like if, if our muscular strength sort of outweighs our, our tendon and ligament strength, like again, it's like it's not really, it's not worth it. Like we're going to be at a higher chance of injury. So how, like when we're training those full ranges of motion, the, is the benefit there that comes is it's more so not just the muscular strength, but also to the, the connective yeah. tissue. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like we're even with the static stretch, that's the entry point to start learning to recondition connective tissue. Um, and we, you know, getting into that, we need to understand how much longer it takes for connect uh, tendon and ligament strength to get strong uh, in comparative to the muscle tissue, like it's, yeah. it's a rate at a rate of like one tenth, um, the rate that we develop muscle tissue. So it takes a lot longer. Like we need to understand that and you can't have a progressive overload mindset when you're looking to change that kind of mechanism of, of the body. Like if, yeah. if it's progressively overloading all the time, you're not giving things enough time to adapt. Um, and it's just going to lead to setbacks. And if it's a setback, uh, one tenth the rate of development that means it's going to take 10 times longer to recover <laughs> so yeah. having a tendon ligament injury you know if it takes six weeks to recover a muscle it's going to take a year to recover a tendon so yeah. you know we we want to ensure that we take those steps necessary to develop that range and and that's why it's probably a better mindset to think in intervals of three months so three months of consistent training, we will see some adaptations. 
depending on our goals, like it starts to be more of like, if we're changing range and flexibility, six months to a year is like the time frame we want to start thinking about. And that's an important mindset to have when you approach the journey. Cause when you actually adopt that mindset, you, you stop, you kind of surrender to it. Yeah. Right. And we, you need to surrender to it, to commit to it. Otherwise you're never actually fully engaged with it. So I run 12 week programs with people intervals of 12 weeks at a time, but that's an important expectation is like 12 weeks is not a lot of time. <laughs> like that's a, Correct. Yeah. That's one programming block. And, and when we start thinking about what it is that we're trying to accomplish within that training block, tendon and ligament change adaptations at the connective tissue level. It, yeah. It takes time, man. You know, we have to have that um, thought process in the back of our minds all the time when we're doing it. So hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, something big I see in our world, like in the, in the dirt bike world is lots of people will only train strength in the off season for three months. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you can get stronger. You can get, you can improve your muscular strength in, in 12 weeks. There's no doubt you can do that. Yeah. But if what we're actually trying to achieve is a more bulletproof body and, and stronger ligaments, tendons, etc., like it's like a dip, it's a drop in the ocean, 12 weeks. Yeah. Like you, you need to yeah. be training like 365, days of the year yeah and yeah i think that's where the flexibility becomes the foundation if we can actually take the time to improve our flexibility um, we're going to be developing connective tissue in a way that it's it's more pliable to training and performance and in certain disciplines like that because we're getting into these greater ranges of motion over time and we're, we're actually spending time in that position in an isometric state developing that strength whereas the muscle um, quick muscle tissue development is more the bodybuilder side where it's like we're going to pump the muscles up get yeah. them feeling strong and looking strong but we're actually not in those outer ranges developing real isometric strength and tendon strength so yeah. definitely a combination of the two that works really well and and having that that approach where we know it's going to take intervals of three months at a time uh, upwards to a year, right? Like those are commitments that I think we have to make if we want to really make change. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and there will be times through that period where you are lifting heavier for certain, I guess, to, to improve the muscular strength, but it's not just about lifting heavy year round. Like that's going to, I guess, fluctuate a bit, but the one constant will be like you, like you say, you, you're training those ranges of motion to, to, yeah to get the ligaments and tendons stronger and to maintain it. Like once you get it, you yeah. want to maintain it. Right. So exactly. It's, it's, it will. And, and anyway, I guess anyone that's trained strength in general will know that you, if you stop doing it, it, it goes away pretty quick. Yeah. So if you, if you can yeah. take that, that principle and think about what your tendons and ligaments are doing. So as soon as you do stop, then they're essentially starting to go backwards. Right. Yeah. And they're not being used. Yeah. Yeah. Which creates weakness. Um, so what, who have you, who have your biggest influences been? Like, I, it's like, I know you said, like, it hasn't been that long since you've actually gone down this, this route, mm. the route of the range of strength and since powerlifting. So who have some of your biggest influences been that have actually taught you a lot of this stuff? 
like I know a lot of it's been self-taught trial and error. Of yeah. Course, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's part of that journey. Like you got to learn from some people that are doing what you like want to do and then troubleshoot how it's going to work for you. Right. But uh, I found Kit Lachlan through the gymnastic bodies work. Cause he had, I found out he was the one that developed a lot of the flexibility protocols that I first was exposed to. And then, yeah, like he's just, he's the godfather he's been he's been you know working on stretching and flexibility for adults his whole life he himself was uh he called himself people called him the rubber man when he was young couldn't touch his toes and he's in like split positions and bridge positions now and he's like in his 70s like he's an amazing man yeah and he's done a lot of work for flexibility so um finding him was crucial because i had to see like someone I could look up to as a mentor that has done those kind of things for flexibility, but also thinking about like how my, how me, myself, like I, how I could as a coach actually start doing stuff like that to help people. Like yeah. knowing that there's a need there for flexibility to be brought into adult population. Um, Emmett Lewis through Kit's work, um, him and Kit were close and uh, started seeing Emmett's stuff um as i was going through kit stuff and emmett uh has a circus background and he went to circus school and like studied the circus arts quite extensively and then he found um his methods were brought into gen pop style of training in such a way where it was like presentable and that was so cool for me because having being exposed to what i was exposed to on the circus side over here when i was going to these schools you see that it's cool but you also see like, how can you present this to like, I think I couldn't understand like how, you know, like that would be something that you'd present to like everyday people. And he did that. He does that quite well with his methods, his modern methods of mobility. Um, and that's like, I really look for that in mentors when I relate to those people is like people that can take things that are really complex, complex and detailed and present it in such a way that it's like, it makes sense to everyday people. And they can yeah. apply that to like what they're doing and they can buy into it. And that's really what I try to do as well with like the people I've learned from is like, yeah, it can be super complex when you start reading more about it. And like, but if you can just find a way to present it to everyday people where it's like, that makes sense to them, like, yeah, range of strength. It's like, everyone's like, that freaking makes so much sense. <laughs> just be strong in your range. Like that's, that's what you want. Right. And um, yeah, that's, even mentors I've had when I power lifted, I still look upon, you know, things that they taught me in terms of how they were able to relay those messages to me about complex things in powerlifting. It's like they were able to break it down in such a way where it was like, no, oh, this is super simple. You're looking at like Russian uh, templates that are like, you know, sheet upon sheet upon sheet. And they're able to summarize it in a way that you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. We're kind of just undulating through the week or whatever. Um, so yeah, there's been quite a few in my life, but I think that the ones that always like stick out are those guys that are able to take something and, you know, present it in such a way where it's like, yeah, that's like really makes sense. And it's really helping a lot of people because you're presenting, presenting it in that way. Yeah. So that's probably, uh, yeah. One of the main things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it's an important narrative that, that needs to change, man, like this so many people will say that certain movements are, are bad or 
or that you shouldn't be doing them. But like, there really is no such thing as a bad movement. There's only a movement that your body's not prepared for, right? So yeah. the, the, the key is showing people the path to get there and having that path for people yeah, to get exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I would say any coach that says a movement's bad is just because they don't know how to coach it. That's why. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I see shit out there that I don't know how to do. And I'm like, man, that'd be cool to learn how to teach someone that or, you know, but I, you know, each to their own. Like, I think it's, we're better off referring people to those uh, subject matter experts than we are trying to bash it. It's like, oh, it works. I've always looked for that too. And in disciplines, like I was, I was attracted to powerlifting because, you know, they're getting crazy strong and they're doing unorthodox things opposite to what anyone's recommending. And I still take a lot of what I learned through powerlifting and apply it to flexibility training and, you know, any discipline you can find probably that 80, 20 rule where you're going to take 20% of what gives you 80% of that discipline and make it your own. I think that's a really important thing for us to look for. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, that, and that's what I love about what you do, man. Like it's, it is, it's, it's, um, it's giving people those tools and actually mm. showing them a path because it's too, too many people these days think that it's just like you said, they think, Oh, I can't do that. Um, yeah. or, or they're, or they're afraid to do it even worse. They're afraid to do it because they've had a coach at some point that, like you said, hasn't been educated in that area. And they've, they've told them that, that that's not possible or it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, gonna lose your gains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's an important message to share, man. Um, where where can people find you? Like, I know you're you're on Instagram as Rangers Strength, but if people want to sort of get dig a bit deeper into your stuff, how can they do that? Where can where can they find you? That is uh, the best platform to go to right now. I have a new um, platform and membership in development that'll be launched in a couple of weeks, actually. So um, when that's up and live and ready, you'll definitely be able to find me at like a nice.com <laughs> website, but I'm still putting the touching details on that. But yeah, that would be the best place to find me on social media would be at Range of Strength on Instagram, at uh, Range of Strength on Facebook. And within that, there's links to my services that are offered and certain things that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Do you do anything on YouTube yet or not? Just all on Instagram? Oh, yeah. 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 I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't been as active on it lately, but there are some uh, tutorial videos on there. And, and I, I share some of my training blogs as well. Like I put a vlog on there of like what I did that day, squats and splits and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to check that out, you could get a little taste of, you know, the range of strength work and some of that stuff that goes into it. So yeah, that's another good place. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I definitely recommend to the listeners if they haven't checked your stuff out, it's definitely worthwhile giving you a follow. There's some awesome content there. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. And you know, uh, I've been connected with you for well over a year now, I believe. And yeah, I love everything you're doing off-road training and performance. It's, uh, you know, you're doing the, the, the work to, to bring the right components that they need to their training and yeah, i think it's amazing man yeah thanks dude i appreciate that and i appreciate you today yeah thanks for having me awesome cheers man see ya <laughs>